Good morning. Today's scripture reading is from Ephesians 4, verses 11 through 16. And he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds and teachers to equip the saints for the work of ministry, for building up the body of Christ, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God, to mature manhood, to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ, so that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine, by human cunning, by craftiness and deceitful schemes. Rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. This is the word of the Lord. Thank you, Kelly. Every time Angela Stromberg talks about jobs partnership, I want to join up. It just is so cool, and we appreciate you, Angela, and your work that you do with them. Well, uh, we've been going through the book of Ephesians. We continue that this morning by talking about growing together. You know, uh, this is the time of year that maybe not all of us, but many of us are setting some new fitness goals, either diet or exercise, and uh, partly due to the fact that, some, you know, some folks just ate too many peanut butter blossoms over Christmas or, or whatever, and so this is the time to set some, uh, you know, some fitness goals. And it's interesting, the Bible actually talks about a comparison between physical fitness goals and spiritual fitness goals. It talks about this in 1 Timothy 4. And one of the things it says is that spiritual fitness is even more important than physical fitness because it is beneficial both for this life and for the life to come. So the Bible says a lot about spiritual growth, and one of the things that a lot of us may not be doing, but, but I would encourage you to start, is to begin some set, to set some goals for spiritual growth. And this is a passage about that. Now, in Ephesians 4, the stakes are raised on spiritual maturity. We've entitled this Growing Together. How is it raised? Well, one, we talked last week about the ascension of Christ. We talked about how when Christ ascended back to the Father, he poured forth his Holy Spirit on the church and he gave gifts. So you notice this in verse 11. It says he gave some to be apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, but he does that for a reason. So the ascended Christ has set up the church with, by giving gifts to the church, by giving the power of the Spirit to the church, and the risen Christ has a plan for the church and a plan for you, and it is for spiritual maturity. So we go on this passage. The other way that this passage raises the stakes is that it's talking about this illustration of the body of Christ. Christians are not isolated. They don't grow best in isolation. They grow best in community when they realize that they are part of the body of Christ. And so the healthiest environment for you and for me for our spiritual growth is to be in the body of Christ. So what we're going to do is we're going to talk about spiritual fitness. You know, if you listen to Kelly 
reading that passage and you look at it in your Bible, you'll realize this is a pretty dense passage. It's got some very rich and engaging biblical words. But what we want to do is we want to make this passage accessible. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to actually this morning in my outline give you four handles to hold on to to think about your spiritual fitness plan, your spiritual fitness goals based upon this passage. Now some of you are saying, Mike, you mean you have four points in your outline? Are we gonna get out in time for lunch if you add, if we have more than three points? Well, we will, we'll get there. But we're gonna talk about what this passage says about our spiritual growth together and about our fitness. So here you go, four things, four, four ways to remember four handles to plan your spiritual growth. The first one is this, have a goal. Have a goal for your spiritual fitness. I remember when uh, Molly and I were in our 30s and we were having small children. We were living on a modest income, just sort of uh, everyday normal income. And one of the things that we wanted to do was to Get a, kind of get a handle on our finances. So we met with a financial planner. The first question the financial planner asked, asked us is, what are your financial goals? The reason for that is that if you aim for nothing, you are sure to hit it every time. One of our goals, by the way, was to save enough money a little bit at a time to be able to pay for college education for our four children. That's a lot of kids, that's a lot of college education. But we started way back in the 30s and he put us on a plan where we made decisions back then that had implications for our children decades later. So do you see the power of a goal? Do you see the power of making good decisions about your life, not just your finances, but your spiritual life? Now if you look at this, this passage of scripture, where do we see a goal here in this passage? Where do we see that? Look back to, uh, to verse 13, because Paul in this passage gives the goal for our, our first spiritual fitness plan. He says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. You see what I mean about, this is a very thick, a very dense passage. There are four phrases in this passage, all of them referring to our goal of spiritual maturity in Christ, growing in Christ. It's simply about that. Look at those four phrases. First of all, he says, until we all attain to the unity of the faith. So one mark of spiritual maturity is unity in the church. We saw that two weeks ago in Ephesians 4 and verse 3 where it says, be diligent to maintain the unity of the spirit and the bond of peace. But it's saying here that what the body of Christ needs to do is to attain unity. So your spiritual maturity is not just about you in isolation, it's about unity. That's the first point, the unity of the faith. Secondly, the knowledge of the Son of God. So spiritual maturity involves getting to know Christ. I love the song we sang this morning, In Christ Alone, because it's so rich in the vision of Christ that is presented there. One of the things that God wants all of us to do over the course of our lifetime is to grow in our knowledge of Christ, to get to know him better. We don't have a groundless faith. It's not faith in faith, it's faith in Christ. 
so we grow in our knowledge of Christ. So that's part of spiritual maturity. And then he says, knowledge of the Son of God to mature manhood to the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. In other words, what, what, what Paul had said in Ephesians chapter two is he took Jews and Gentiles, put them in one body, made them into one new man, one new person. And what Paul is saying here in this verse is that we grow together in the body of Christ. So we, the stature of the fullness of Christ. And then notice that last phrase, the fullness of Christ. The goal of spiritual maturity is not just that you have knowledge, but it's also that you are shaped into the image of Christ. We call this spiritual formation. We're formed into the image of Christ. So those are, that's the goal. That's the goal of the Christian life. That is the goal of our spiritual fitness plan. And it's a very positive goal. It's a very focused goal to have. It is a lifetime goal. It is also a 2021 goal because you don't want to wait for it. But Paul gives a second reason. And I want to, this is still on the first point about our goal, but he gives a reason for that goal. Look at verse 15 or verse 14. Verse 14 says, so that we may longer, no longer be children. So we start the Christian life in a kind of spiritual intimacy, uh, infancy, and God wants us to mature into spiritual adulthood. That's true of everybody in this room that's a follower of Christ. It's a lifetime project that we may no longer be children tossed to and fro by the waves and carried about by every wind of doctrine. He's got this image here of a, a boat on a storm-tossed sea with waves and wind that are knocking the boat off kilter. Now, we've gone through that this past year. There's a lot of winds that have hit the church. There's a lot of winds that have threatened your Christian life, that have, that have threatened your fellowship. And these winds can kind, of, can kind of blow us around. It refers to them as winds of doctrine. Now, in the New International Version, it says winds of teaching. What it's referring to, what Paul is warning about, is that he wants us to have uh, to stay on track and not be knocked around by false doctrine or by false teaching. I remember when uh, my, my dad is no longer living, but it was, I believe it was towards the end of his life that he began to really connect to his faith in Christ. And I was a young Christian, and I would come home, and my dad would ask me questions about the Bible. And my dad would take time to read the Bible. And he was starting to open up to God. He was never much of a church guy. He was, a little, he was really shy, didn't have that experience, didn't go to church much of his life. But I remember towards the end of his life, he was, he was reading the Bible. And this was way back in probably, probably the 70s uh, when uh, my dad would have some people come by and knock on the door, and they were part of a religious cult. They didn't believe that Jesus Christ was the Son of God. They didn't believe in salvation by, by grace. But my dad, being a nice guy, these people would come by, and they would say, can we come in and talk to you? And so they'd come one week, and they'd talk to my dad, and I wasn't there for him to ask these questions. And so there's this wind of doctrine kind of hitting my dad. And uh, the second week, uh, they're back again, and my dad is starting to realize, you know, this is not what Mike believes. This is not what the Bible teaches. This is not authentic Christianity. He's starting, it, it just doesn't sound right to him. He wasn't sure how to handle it, and so he looked back at these two guys, and he said, does Billy Graham believe what you guys believe? And uh, they said, no, and he said, then I don't either. We'll see you later. 
So that was his best attempt, but he hadn't really been, my dad had not matured in his faith. Now, one of the things that's happening today is that the issues that are facing our church and churches all around this country are actually not the old traditional winds of doctrine, but there's still winds, there are ideological winds that are buffeting the church. I have very good friends who are just at loggerheads with each other because of secular ideologies and their debating of those ideologies. They are, they are not even, they're not even de debating the Trinity or salvation or the Bible, but they're debating these, these secular ideologies and the temperature just gets raised. And you go, well, why is that? Why would, why would otherwise knowledgeable Christians, and these are, these are people that I know who know the Bible really well, but they, uh, the, the temperature just gets raised and the combativeness and the division. And what is going on there? Well, it's the same thing. It is spiritual infancy. It is spiritual immaturity. And what we learn from that is spiritual maturity is not just knowledge. It involves character. So if you go back to Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2, it says, with humility and patience, or humility and gentleness with patience, forbearing one another in love. Humility and gentleness, well, that's the character of Christ. God wants to form us into the character of Christ, but it's more than knowledge. Spiritual maturity involves also character, specifically humility and gentleness, the character of Christ. So the goal is all of these things in those two verses to mature in our faith. That's the goal. First thing we need is a goal. Second thing you need for your fitness plan that we all need for our fitness plan, and we're just going to call it nutrition. I don't know if that's an appealing word or not, but we're just going to call it eating right. We're just going to call it nutrition. So in, in, your, in the world of food, all of us love our food, but in the world of food, somebody shared with me something really helpful in, in, in planning the eating. They said, when you shop at Publix, get the majority of your food from the perimeter of Publix. In other words, eat food around the perimeter. Well, what's around the perimeter of Publix? Well, you go, first of all, in our Publix, to the right is the produce section. So you got plenty of all this fruit and fre fresh, fresh vegetables. That is on the perimeter. Then you go back to the back aisle, and you got all these really cool meats and stuff and seafood, just fresh seafood, and you go, okay, that's good stuff to eat. Then you keep going around, and you've got things like, you know, cheese and milk and eggs and yogurt and all sorts of, all sorts of good stuff. So, so to, to plan, and now what do you have in the middle of Publix? What do you have in a lot of those aisles? You have processed foods. You've got, you know, that's not all bad, but you've got all this kind of stuff that can actually be toxic for the body. And so we plan out, we plan our nutrition. Now, Mike, why do you, why do you say nutrition is part of our spiritual growth plan? It, you guys, it is huge. It is huge. You need to eat. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And you say, where do you see that in this passage? Where do you see? Well, look back at verse 11. The risen Christ, the ascended Christ, it says he gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. So why did he do that? You look at all those roles, those are teaching roles. For example, an evangelist 
is actually offering the bread of life. The greatest need of the souls of all of mankind is the bread of life, Jesus Christ. And that's what an evangelist offers. And then it has pastors and teachers. Well, why? what's the role of pastors and teachers? Well, partly, it uses the word shepherds, by the way, in the ESV. Shepherds have the responsibility with their sheep to guide them to green pastures so that they will be well fed. You keep going through this passage, when you go back to verse 14 about growing from spiritual infancy, the Bible talks about going from milk to solid food. So over time, we need to learn the basics of the Christian life and to grow in our faith, but it's, it's moving on to solid food. And then you go on to verse 15, it says, speaking the truth in love. Christians are people who God wants to have a healthy relationship with the truth, specifically the truth of Scripture. So all through this passage, you've got this feeding going on. Now, how does that work in our church? We have, we have for example, we've got shepherds. We have elders who are concerned about the feeding in our church. We, to the extent that we exercise not over control, but a kind of quality control in our small groups is because we want people to eat on the outer perimeter of the spiritual publics. We want people to really eat good stuff. And so part of it is what we're doing here. We're looking at the Word of God, and, and uh, one of the things, for example, is the role of uh, those who preach here. And uh, we talked about last week uh, the fact that uh, Joe, our associate pastor, is taking a, uh, a pause from preaching for a while. And I know that a lot of you really, I'm very sad about that. You're sad, sad about that because, because Joe is so gifted in his preaching. He is so gifted at that. And so you're sad and I'm sad and, I, and, and I'm really missing the opportunity to hear from Joe. Others of you have looked at sort of the, the preaching and, and you've been concerned about me. You go, well, Mike, you've been kind of sharing this with, with Joe. Do you have the margins? Do you have the time to be able to handle it? Well, I think, I think, I'm, gonna, I think I'm gonna be fine, but one of the things that I know that a lot of us appreciate in our church is hearing the gospel from different voices, hearing the gospel in stereo, hearing being fed from the word of God by different people. And so, uh, by God's grace, there are other gifted teachers that God has given to the church that you will hear from from time to time over in the, in the near future so that we can diversify the spiritual diet that you have here. Because the goal of our elders, the goal of all of us, the goal of Joe, the goal of, goal of my goal is that we are eating from those outer aisles of Publix and we have nutritious food here. Another aspect of, of uh, learning and growing and good nutrition is things like our community groups and our classes. One of the things that has happened with COVID, one of the ways that COVID is an attack on the church is that a lot of our standard vehicles for delivering food, if you will, are very difficult to pull off in various, so we can't do all the classes we wanna do. Small groups have, have a difficulty meeting. But, but nevertheless, we want to be creative about it. So have you, ever, you guys ever heard of DoorDash? DoorDash? I didn't know about DoorDash until COVID. But it's, it's, it's a way of just delivering food to your home, and it's a very creative way of doing that. So what's happening in our church is that people are thinking of creative ways 
to continue to supply spiritual nutrition to everybody in our congregation, whether it's Splash, whether it's the youth, all ages, whatever it might be. I want to give you one example of that. Tuesday morning, there is a women's, uh, a women's Bible study that's been going on for several years. Unfortunately, they're not able to meet in person right now, but that, that Bible study has, uh, among their teachers, they've got two of them I want to mention to you. One of those is Kim Anderson. Another one of the teachers is Denise Anderson. So if you want to know, if anybody asks, well, who's teaching this week? Just go Anderson, and you probably got... That's who's, that's who's preaching this week. But what's really cool about it is what they've done, and um, uh, uh, Judy Johnson works with them on this, other people, is they now are gonna do, they did it last fall, and they're gonna do it again. It's all gonna be on Zoom, and it's all these different people. And, what, and what's really cool about it is, uh, Denise is here today, by the way, so she's hearing me say all this, but Denise also is kind of a secret evangelist. Like she likes to get the bread of life to people who don't yet know Christ. Well, in this, in this big growing Bible study with all these people, there's, there are people there coming that are spiritual seekers. They want to learn about God. So Denise actually gets to use her evangelism gift while using her teaching gift. Now, what I, here's where the outside, of the outside aisle or perimeter of Publix comes in. I really appreciate this from you, Denise, when you did, did this, because Denise asked me, they were going through, I think, Philippians or some book or Colossians or something, and she said, Mike, can you give me a good commentary on this? Now, I love that, because what that means is that Denise is doing her study, she's doing her homework to make sure that she's faithful to what the scriptures are teaching, because it takes work to teach. Now, as we look at this coming year, 2021 in our church, the elders have talked about our desire to deliver quality discipleship content across multiple platforms. So my encouragement to you as you think about your spiritual fitness plan is to look for ways to make it easy to connect with your community group, to connect with stuff that's offered, to be part of the church, to be faithful to hear the preaching every week, whether you're here or online, because we all need that nutrition. First Peter 2 says, like newborn babes long for the pure milk of the word, that by it you may grow with respect to salvation. So have a goal for your spiritual fitness plan. Watch your nutrition. Be sure to eat well spiritually. Let me give you the third one. Exercise. Exercise. Now, how does, that, how does that come into play? Well, what I'm referring to here is that a, a healthy Christian does not just feed upon the Word of God, but they exercise their faith. They take steps. They serve. They use their gifts. They uh, are employed by the Holy Spirit to minister to the body of Christ. You say, well, Mike, where do you get this notion of exercise from this passage? Well, look back in Ephesians 4 and verse 11. It says, he gave the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the shepherds, and the teachers. Verse 12, now look at verse 12. Here's a kicker. To equip the saints for the work of ministry for building up the body of Christ. To equip the saints for the work of ministry. So God's plan for a healthy church is that the saints are equipped by the leadership for the ministry. Let me give you a good example of that. Um, a lot of you might know Michael Ballinger. He has served as a deacon for 11 years. 
Now, Michael Ballinger doesn't just want to have nutrition, but he also likes to exercise his faith, and he did so, has done it whether a deacon or not, he's exercised his faith. One of the things that Michael likes to do is he leads one of our monthly serving teams for worship setup. And I've heard Michael talk about that, and here's what he says about serving on a monthly team, about just, just exercising his faith that way. He says, for me, it's part of worship. It's part of worship. When I serve, I'm worshiping. In fact, serving in whatever capacity you might serve in the church, working with Splash or youth or anything in the church or setup or whatever you do, one of the things you're doing is that you are working on your spiritual formation because Christ was the ultimate servant. He said, if I, the, the master and teacher, serve you, I want you to serve one another. So actually serving is part of discipleship. It is part of spiritual formation. And God wants, to, wants us to be involved in serving and in exercising our faith. Now here's some really good news about our church. In normal times, in normal times, probably 70% of our congregation is involved in serving once a month in some way in this church. Now that's really good because the higher the percentage of engagement, the healthier the church in light of Ephesians 4, equipping the saints for the work of ministry. So that is a sign of incredible health in this church. But I would encourage you to not just feed your faith, but to exercise your faith, to not sit on the sidelines, but get into the game. Specifically, in the coming weeks, as we prepare to go back to Glen Ridge, as we prepare to have more reopening, as we prepare to grow our splash program back and everything that's going on, there is a pretty significant need for more and more people to raise their hand and say, I wanna be a part of a monthly serving team. And many hands make light, light work, but that is one of the ways that you get to exercise your faith. Also using our spiritual gifts, I referred a moment ago to Michael Ballinger. He has, as I said, served as a deacon for a long time. He is also such a gift to this church because he is our treasurer. Now what that means is Michael loves numbers. He just loves data. And so Michael for years has served as our treasurer and we're gonna have an assistant treasurer this coming year, Dan Osika, who also loves numbers. These guys are a gift to this church. This Thursday, we're getting together for a budget summit. We're gonna talk about how giving went the previous year, what our expenses will be for the coming year, and we will have a church budget thanks to those two guys. So that's using spiritual gifts. Again, that's Michael exercising his faith. So part of exercising your faith is understanding what your gifting is and looking for opportunities to do that. That's why I referred to Denise earlier where they're teaching and her evangelism gifts. One last thing in the fitness plan. There's a goal we talked about. We talked about nutrition. We talked about exercising our faith. The last thing I wanna to mention to you today is what we're just gonna call connection. Connection. Now look again at this passage in Ephesians 4, verses 15 and 16, and look at all the connection words here. It says, rather, speaking the truth in love, we are to grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. Do you realize that one of the ways that God grows us is through those two ingredients of truth and love, through truth and love? That's how we 
That's how we grow. Verse 16, from whom the whole body, remember this is this body illustration, from whom the whole body joined and held together by every joint with which it is equipped. In other words, all of the connections within the church, every joint with which it is equipped, when each part is working properly, makes the body grow so that it builds itself up in love. Do you catch all of the, just these medical kind of physiological connections because we are part of one body in Christ and now everybody has a role. Now, there are two ingredients of spiritual growth in this passage. I was making pancakes this past week and I was just thinking about what if I left out ingredients or what would it be like and getting all those ingredients just right. Well, the two ingredients for your spiritual growth and my spiritual growth, according to verse 15, are truth and love. Now that makes sense because the gospel is truth and love. The gospel is when we hear God's truth and we're convicted and we repent of our sins, but his love and his grace, that's where we lay hold of the good news of his forgiveness. And so part of God's plan for us is for all of us to experience both truth and love. Now the interesting thing is those two are hard to hold together. Have you ever had a situation in, in your life where you try to talk to someone about a blind spot in their life and you, you either went all truth and just blasted the person or you said, I'm not gonna worry about the truth because I'm just gonna love them and I'm just gonna accept them and I won't say anything. Neither ones of those are helpful. The hardest thing to do in talking to people is integrating truth and love together. And so when you, and, and what, how do you know if you're talking to someone and you're sharing the truth with them, you're trying to be helpful in their life, how do you know if love is going with it? And I read this and I thought, this is really cool. There's two things. One is, what is my motive? Is it a, is it a motive of love? That's why I'm talking to the person. And then secondly, is my tone one of love? Do I have a loving tone? Do I have gentleness? I have had so many times, you guys, where I've tried to talk to somebody and it's just gone south. And you could say, well, it's probably because they're not receptive, but a lot of it's me. A lot of it is that it is just really hard to integrate truth and love. And that's in your home with your kids, in your marriage, with your friends, and in the church. But one of the things we want to be as a church is rich in those two ingredients of truth and love because when they're there, that's how we grow. So how's that for a fitness plan? Number one, a goal. Number two, nutrition. Number three, uh, being active or exercising your faith. And then number four, connection to the body of Christ in truth and love. By the way, Chad referred to this. Uh, as we move forward in the, coming, in the coming weeks, the elders are talking about a re-engagement plan. A lot of, probably half of our church is here. Uh, others, for many of whom are very good reasons, have not yet return to in-person worship. But over time, one of the things we wanna do is to make sure that we're not losing track with people, that people are not becoming isolated. So you can return at your own pace, like if you're watching online today, that's totally cool, we're gonna keep doing it. But the Bible talks about how connection to the body of Christ is so important. So one of the things you can look for in your email inbox very soon is just a very simple survey 
that will help us know how we can best serve you as we help people re-engage the church. And we really want to understand, particularly if we haven't seen you for a while, our elders and our deacons feel a significant responsibility to remain connected. And they're going to they're gonna do their part, but it would be very helpful if those of you out there that are not yet attending, but for all of us, respond to that survey and let us know how we can best know about your situation and help you with it. Okay, those four things for the growth plan. I close with this story. You guys, I really believe it is incredibly important that Lake Baldwin Church continue to grow in maturity, spiritual maturity, and being a caring church. And I want to give you a very powerful reason why that needs to happen for all of us. I referred to Denise Anderson earlier in the, in the service. She is here this morning returning to church with her husband, Doug. Molly and I had dinner with Doug and Denise the other day. Now, not everybody knows this, but three years ago, Doug, in the middle of the night, collapsed in his bedroom from a stroke. For the last three years, he has been in recovery from that stroke. Molly and I had dinner with him the other night. You guys, Doug is so, he's one of my best friends, and he's so delightful to hang out with, and we have so much fun. He's made incredible progress. We're having dinner together, and Doug just said, he just out of the blue said, I want to come back to church. Now, the reason he said that is they both got their first vaccine. They've been at, they've been at risk, so they've had to be really careful. They both got their first vaccine, and Doug says, hey, it's only 50% effective so far. I'm going to church. Now, one of the reasons Doug wants to go to church is he loves God's word. He, he actually likes listening to me preach, which is a miracle. But, but one of the reasons I like it when Doug is here when I'm preaching is he's, he's known me for so many years, he understands that humor is embedded throughout my whole sermon. So if, you ever, if I'm ever preaching and you hear like a laugh, that's just Doug as the only person who got the humor in my, in my sermon. But I want to say a couple things about Doug and Denise as it, re, as it relates to this sermon, because they, for their lifetime, have been committed to spiritual maturity. Years ago, they made that decision to grow spiritually. Their lives have been battered by winds and by waves. You guys, they are still here. They are still, still here because they have grown from infancy to maturity. They are committed to, they have that goal, they are committed to spiritual food, they're both committed to, to exercising their faith. But I'll tell you something else really cool about all of you in this church, and why 2020 was, if you will, the year of the deacon. Um, our deacons, along with other people, all these people with the spiritual gifts that the ascended Christ has given, I mean gifts of mercy, gifts of administration, gifts of helps, and gifts of service have come alongside Doug and Denise in their hour of need. And if they could stand here today, in fact, I should have just had you come up, but they, if they could stand here today, they would say thank you to all of you for the way that you have loved them. It is for that reason and for many, many other reasons that I believe in 2021 
God wants all of us to grow in our spiritual maturity and being a caring community. Doug and Denise, I would like for you to stand right now. Just stand up where you're at. And can we all just welcome Doug and Denise back to Lake Baldwin Church this morning. Thank you. Doug's got tears in his eyes right now. He cries reading Chronicles of Narnia. I mean, that guy's got, got a big heart. Would you pray with me? Lord, thank you for your word this morning. Thank you for this caring community. Uh, thank you for the fact that you are the ascended Christ who cares for this body. With all that's going on in the world, would you continue to mature us as a church and as a caring community? We thank you, we pray these prayers in Jesus' name, amen.